Okay, so I was thinking about this. If we all decided uh, after church today we're going to go to Rosa's, it'd be kind of crowded, but okay. Uh, We all went to Rosa's, and we're we're there, and we're eating, okay, enjoying some delicious tacos and all that. And suddenly, uh, AJ stood up, grabbed his throat. Okay, (laughs) do you know what's happening if someone's doing that? They're choking. What are you supposed to do in that moment? Heimlich, he's embarrassed. You can sit down for a sec. All right, you're supposed to, <laughs> I made him do it, I'm his boss, okay? No, uh, I, you're supposed to do a Heimlich, right? You're supposed to, you gotta, you gotta do something to, to get that out. And um, I know that some people would just have no clue what to do. Some would be like, oh, I don't know, and it'd be a panic moment. I always think, though, that in an emergency, I hope that I'm the kind of person that you want around, you know? Like, that you can handle the emergency. There are some people in your life that you would want in an emergency, some that might not be so helpful, right? Um, if you went to the lake and somehow you're, you're, you're swimming out, you know, and, and your legs cramped up and you started going under and, and you begin to drown, if the person sitting next to you was the only person there to save you, are you living or are you dying? Right, which one do you think? Just look at them. You can tell them live or die, whichever one you think that they're going to do for you. I don't know. Because there are some people you want in a certain emergency and others you don't. Um, we, me and my wife had a really fun time uh, a little while back. I was like, if I like passed out and you had to get me into the car to the emergency room, could you do it? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, how about this? Can you get me onto the couch? So I just laid on the ground, all right? And just like tried to be completely limp, okay? And, like 10 minutes later, she's breathing heavy and she's like sweating and out of breath, but she did get me on the couch, all right? I think she dropped me a couple of times. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not confident about getting into the car, though, <laughs> so maybe not wanting her in that emergency situation. Now, I, I hopefully, thankfully, I've not been in very many like of those kinds of things, and um, I, I don't know if you have been and if you reacted the way you hoped that you would. Some people just panic and do nothing. Um, the only time I've ever done anything was I was at a swimming pool, and the kid was... He was, he started to panic, you know how they do. I was, I was actually their age, like a teenager when this happened. And I saw this kid and I jumped in and pulled him to the side and he's like, thank you, thank you. And I was like, I am a hero. Like, it felt so good. I was like, this is amazing. And, um, but I was like, in that moment, I did what I needed to do. And I don't know, um, if you react correctly in those kinds of an emergency, but I did want to talk to us about something that I believe is an emergency and that we often don't act correctly too. We don't often respond to it. We don't often even see it as an emergency. So yeah, if you saw someone drowning or, you know, choking or something, you would probably act. At the very least, you would call 911, right? You would, you would do something because you would recognize that. But let me ask this. What if a friend of yours was going to spend their entire life without the hope of Jesus and one day die and go to hell? Is that an emergency? I mean, if I'm the one going to hell, I would think that's an emergency, right? I think we should see it that way. If a friend of yours was going to go through battles and struggles in their life and not know that there's a God that they can pray to and get peace and get direction, is that an emergency? I think that it is an emergency. If someone is going to come into our church and they're going to see about church one last time. And they're going to see if people in a church actually care about others. And they're going to walk in and they're going to leave. And we get one chance as a church, not just me, as a church. You're part of us, okay? Are we going to see that as an emergency? And we got one chance to reach this person, to touch this person, to let them know that they're loved and cared about. Would we act or would we expect somebody else to? Would we... Um, we not see it as 
an emergency. So what I want us to learn to do, when there is an emergency, what we wanna do is we need to help. But there are some things that get in the way, which we're gonna look at, that keep us from acting. Now, I'm gonna compare it to a physical emergency like that, but you're gonna see very clearly that this is the same things that happens and the reasons why we don't respond to people that need the love of Jesus in their life, okay? And the very, very first thing is pretty simple that you have to do is you have to notice the event. If there's an emergency, you have to notice. So if we're in Rosa's and we're all eating together and AJ stands up and grabs, okay, here's what's going to happen. Some of you aren't even going to notice, okay? You're going to be at the drink machine. Okay, you can see it. All right, you're going to be at the drink machine. You're going to be uh, on the other side. It's a big place. There's going to be a ton of people that don't even know that something's going on. He can't make noise. All he can do is stand there. Okay, it's like, and, and so some will not even know that there is an emergency. And I think this is the case when it comes to people who need Christ. We don't even notice that there's an emergency. We don't even recognize the fact that there is something that needs to be done. Um, We see a friend and we spend time with them. You work with them. They're a colleague. You're with them every day. Maybe a family member that you see on a regular basis. And, you know, they seem generally happy. They seem pretty much okay. They're a nice, good American. But they don't know Christ. And we don't see it as a problem. We don't see it as an emergency. We don't think something needs to be done. It doesn't bother our hearts. Someone will walk into our church and they have this attitude that church people don't really care about other people. And they're going to come in, they're going to sit down, and and they're going to, to leave. And if someone doesn't go, somebody needs to connect with them. Somebody needs to make them feel welcome. If someone doesn't see that as an emergency, and someone see that as something that's urgent, they're going to leave and will miss that opportunity. First thing you have to do is you have to notice the event. The next thing is, is you have to interpret the event as an emergency, You have to realize, okay, what's going on is an emergency. For example, if AJ was standing in the middle of roses and he was choking, okay, this is the last time. All right, you can sit down. Okay, I'm going to talk about him again, but he's not going to have to stand. Okay, and that's going on. Some of you are going to go, what is that goofball doing over there? Is this some new TikTok thing? You know, what is going on? It's like, and some people would just think, oh, he needs to sit down and stop being so goofy. Some um, would not recognize what's going on, okay? They would not even realize that there is an emergency happening. And so, or that they would not interpret it as they'll see what's happening, but they won't think, It has to happen now. And so here's, I think, part of the problem is when we look at people who are lost, we think, oh, there's time. You know, I mean, hell is probably for them a long ways off. They got the rest of their life. Somebody, you know, it's not really an emergency. It can get taken care of later, okay? And we don't see it as urgent. We think when somebody comes to the church that, you know, we'll probably get 10, 20 times that they'll keep coming just on their own. And then eventually it'll happen. Eventually they'll get reached. And so we don't see it as an emergency. But, of course, we all need to at least recognize, okay, that some people, sometimes, we don't know when we're going to leave this earth. There was a, a boy who was a part of the youth group. Before I was even the youth pastor, I was just teaching and helping, um, and he worked in the sound. And um, f- from what I understand, he had kind of been distant from the Lord, but some people had been reaching out to him, and he committed his life to God in, in a Sunday morning service. And just a couple weeks later, he was walking across the street, the car came around the corner way too fast, ran him over and killed him. 
And I was at the funeral and they were telling about how he had just committed his life to the Lord. And I was like, I am so thankful that some people cared and reached out to him because he would not be with, his, with our heavenly father right now had they not done that. They, they recognized that he needed help, that he, they needed someone. They saw it as an emergency. There's a, a picture I look at occasionally to remind myself how important this is. There's a young lady who came to our youth group a few years back. Her name was Jess. And um, her brother was real involved. She was not. And so she came. Uh, he managed to convince her to come a few times. And, um, and I, I remember, you know, kind of trying to talk to her and every now and then trying to send somebody, go make her feel welcome. She, we just couldn't get her to connect. And I, I always hated that. Well, last year, she was 19 years old. She was at a friend's house and she overdosed on fentanyl. And the reason I say I look at her picture is because I, I, I remember her sitting in our church. I remember seeing her and teaching her and realizing the missed opportunity. If we would have known, okay, if we would have known, we get four times she's going to come. And if we can make her feel loved and connected, we might can have an impact on her. I think we would have acted different. So we need to see it as an emergency. We don't know. But even if you just take dying and hell out of it, okay, I don't want the people in my life that I love and I care about to go through their days without knowing Jesus. I don't even know how to function on a daily basis without prayer and without him helping me, okay? And so I don't want, I don't want them to live that way. We need to see it and, and interpret the event as an emergency. And one other thing, if we don't, we won't be motivated, okay? Y'all know, um, okay, if somebody stops breathing, you do CPR, okay? Now, I see some really good friends of mine in this room, people that I hang out with and talk to, um, but thinking about doing CPR mouth-to-mouth on you is gross, okay? Like, I don't want to do that. That's, okay? And I, I, I might hesitate in the moment, but I would hope that if you're dead, okay, and, I, and the only hope is of life is me doing that, that I would go, okay, this is an emergency, we're going for it, okay? And, and here's why that's important. When it comes to this, I'm not gonna pretend that reaching people is not uncomfortable inside sometimes and, and, and difficult at times and stepping out on a limb. Uh, but if we see the importance of it, we'll do it. And so we have to interpret the event as an emergency. So let me give you a couple ideas of what an emergency is. When someone in your life doesn't follow Christ, there's an emergency. When you are with someone, God has put them in your life, he's put you in their life, that's an emergency, okay? And you need to see it, this is my time. It may be a coworker and you think, oh, I got all kinds of time. They may get transferred to another place, they may move. You may have six months left before they move on to another part of this country and you'll never see them again. It's your chance to impact them. If someone in your life doesn't follow Christ, there's an emergency. When someone comes to Grace Church who doesn't follow Christ, there is an emergency, now, we don't always know if they're a Christian or not, okay? And I don't want you to start walking up to people, have you received Jesus yet, okay? Like, that might be weird on their first time, okay? So let me make it a little simpler. When someone comes to Grace Church and is not connected, there's an emergency. There's no one talking to them. They don't have friendships. They don't have connections. They don't have somebody to go talk to that they love to see every time. That is somebody that we need to be as a church. We need to go, I have to fix that. I need to take care of that. I need to be the one to help that. So when somebody in our church is not connected, we need to see it as an emergency. I can tell you that most of the time, we get one or two chances with a family before they move on. Or they say, eh, this is why I didn't like church, okay? And so um, we, we have to, we have to see it as an emergency. And then the next thing is, somebody has to assume responsibility. 
You don't have to stand this time. But if AJ stands up in the middle of Rosa's and he's doing the thing and somebody goes, oh, do you see that? That's an emergency. They've done all that. The problem is a lot of people go, somebody do something. Somebody, okay, call 911. Well, by the time they get there, he's, he's already got like a minute and a half once you start choking, okay? They're not going to get there in time. Somebody's got to go, I'll do it, okay? Like somebody has to assume responsibility for it. And here's the thing. We have to take responsibility for the people that God has put in our life. Let me share with you a couple of scriptures. It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, but how shall they ask him to save them unless they believe in him? Right? Well, that makes sense. You can't ask to be saved if you don't believe, right? You have to believe to be saved. And he says, and how can they believe if they've never heard about him? Well, that makes sense. If you, if you want to believe, you need to hear, okay? And then he says, and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Someone has to tell them so that they can hear, and they have to hear so they can believe, and they have to believe so that they can be saved. And it is us who he has given this message so that they can hear. It is us who are called to tell others about the good news of Jesus. In another passage, this is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, it says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Reconciling, that's bringing back together. The world, we're separated. He's bringing us back to him. Not counting men's sins against him. That's good news. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. He's committed to us, his body, the, this message. And he goes on, he says, therefore, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. He is reaching out to this world through us, through you, through me. It is through us that, these peop that people are going to come to know the Lord. And so we need to assume responsibility. We need to take responsibility. So if you think about our country, do y'all know uh, uh, some wars that our country has won? Did anybody know a war we won? Anybody? We failed history? Okay. <laughs> World War II, okay. We've won and fought in many, many wars, okay? But I was thinking about this. When we say the United States won or fought in this war, okay, we don't mean the Statue of Liberty, right? We don't mean um, the buildings. We don't mean the, the landmass. The landmass did nothing. The soldiers fought, right? The soldiers won the war. If you've been a soldier, you, are, you know what I'm talking about. They're the ones, the ones, the men and the women on the ground fighting, they won the war. So we say America won the war, but the soldiers who did it, they won the war. And this is what you need to understand. We can't, if we were going to say something like, Grace Church is so friendly. Grace Church is friendly if you are friendly. Grace Church is not friendly if you aren't friendly. We, in order for us to be friends, you're the, the soldiers, okay? You're the ones that go and do it. Uh, if people were to say, Grace Church is really reaching the lost and having an impact on the city of Burleson, we don't mean the screen is reaching the lost, okay? If that was it, we would just buy a whole bunch more, all right? Let's get it done, okay? No, it's you. If you're reaching the lost, Grace Church is reaching the lost. When we say that Grace Church has an amazing kids' ministry, we do. And you know why we do? because of the people who, are, who have decided to reach kids, because of the people who are doing that. And so if we are doing something, it's you. It's you that are doing it. And, and so we need to assume responsibility, but there's some reasons we don't, okay? And the first one, I think, is fear, 
I mean, that's one we don't really want to admit, but it's fear. In our culture today, we're told pretty much, hey, you need to keep your faith to yourself and not let anybody else, okay? Don't shove your faith on other people. Don't, you know, don't do that. And we're kind of told that's what, that's the American way. Keep it to yourself, okay? And leave everybody else alone. And, and so it puts this like fear of, of in us, I think, that we're not supposed to, that we, we should keep it to ourselves. Um, but we can't let that fear take over. If you think about it like this, if, 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 some, if your friend had a really bad, if AJ had a really bad headache, okay, just, just terrible, okay, pounding and he's miserable, and I had some medicine that could help him, okay, I have three options. Well, it's none of my business. I'll just, you know, whatever, let him deal with it. I could say, I have some medicine that'll help. Would you like that? Or I can take that medicine and I can shove it down his throat. The third one's assault. I don't recommend it, okay? And people say, well, don't shove your faith down my throat. I don't even really know what that looks like, okay? If you've seen it, maybe, okay? And I think that we're accused of that when the truth is what we're really doing is we're saying, I have something that'll help. And there are some people that are so against faith, against Christianity, that they're gonna accuse you of the wrong thing no matter what you do. Don't let them stop you from helping the people that really will receive. And if somebody rejects you, well, you just praise God that you did what you could and move on because there are many, many that won't, okay? And so we don't need to let fear keep us. We also, we think somebody else will. Well, somebody else will do it. That's why we don't assume responsibility. Somebody else will reach them. Somebody else will do it. I mean, isn't that your job? You're like paid to do it, okay? And, and like somebody else will do it. And this attitude keeps us so much from, from reaching people. You need to, if God's put someone in your life, realize that he probably put them in your life for a reason and take responsibility for it. And then, well, before I move on to this one, can you imagine that this is not gonna happen because it's not the way it worked. But if, you, if it did happen this way and you could be in heaven and meet the person that you were scared to tell and, they said, and they're in hell and they said to you, why didn't you tell me? Well, I was afraid of what you would think. I didn't wanna hurt the friendship, you know? I, I think that they would be like, I wish you would have, right? I, I thought somebody else would. Well, you know, I would not want that. And, and so let's not let that be us. Here's one more reason, okay? Um, we don't want to. It's just not my thing, okay? It can be somebody else's thing. Sharing Christ is not my thing. Can you imagine a fireman showing up to your house that's on fire and there's uh, people inside and he goes, fire is not my thing, okay? I just, somebody else. <laughs> can you imagine? That, that's ridiculous, okay? Um, maybe more ridiculous. Imagine a lifeguard and he's on the thing and, and, and somebody's drowning and he goes, water, not my thing, okay? Not, okay, that's ridiculous. You wanna know what's more ridiculous? A Christian who says reaching the world is not their thing. Is obeying Jesus your thing? I'm gonna read this one from my Bible. This is my favorite Bible. I got it when I was six. All right. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In other words, I'm in charge. Listen, all authority is mine. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of this age. And he's gonna be with you while you do it, but his command is that we go. And we have to obey that command. We have to assume responsibility. We can't say it's not my thing. If you're a Christian, it's your thing. It needs to become your thing, okay? And you need to change and let him change you in that way. The next thing is you need to know how to help. You gotta know how to help. 
So if somebody's standing there and they're choking and they don't know, you know, and you see that thing and you go, oh my goodness, it's an emergency. And, and you think, okay, I'm going to do something. And you don't know how to do the Heimlich and you're sitting there sticking your fingers in their mouth trying to pull it out. You're going to make it worse, okay? You, you have to know how to help. And, and so we can learn how to help and we need to know how to help when somebody's lost. So I'm going to give you just a, a few simple things because every situation is going to be different, but a few things that you will use and need to know how to do. You may have to get better at and train yourself, but that we need to know to, to help. So if we want to help, number one is you're going to, you need to learn how to share Jesus with people. And this is done a couple of ways. Number one is you can share your story. Has God done anything in your life? If he has, you have something to share. And I, I encourage people to do this, to think through, maybe even write down what God has done for you so that you can effectively share it with others. When you find an opportunity, this is one of the easiest things to do is to just tell what God has done. If he has helped you through a difficult time and you're talking to somebody who's in a difficult time, you have an opportunity to share what God did for you, to tell them when I was going through this situation, I went to God and I prayed and he gave me a peace that just got me through this situation. I prayed and I saw this miracle. I did, and you, as you share those things, it will put faith in others' hearts. And you, so you learn to share Jesus and what he has done in you. And next, you need to learn how to, okay, if somebody said to you, how do I get saved? Can you answer? And are you ready? Now, I asked a group of teenagers this one time, Christian teenagers, and they didn't know how to answer it. We helped and fixed it. And I, I'm afraid that there are many Christians that if they were asked, how do I get saved, would go, I don't know, ask the pastor, okay? That's not okay. You need to be able to answer that. You need to figure out how you would answer that. I mean, do you know that you're saved? Okay, you, I hope you know why. And, and so we need to be able, and, and if you don't know, okay, go to your small group leader and say, I need to help, I need help learn how to say this and word this. Go to somebody and let's, let's get ready. You know, it's just like, you know, when you, I had a friend who became a lifeguard and uh, before she'd never had CPR training or any of that. And so they went to training and she learned so that she could do that. So I want you to prepare yourself for conversations. I want you to prepare yourself to share what God's done in you. Prepare yourself to share um, the, the good news of Jesus and what he's done for us and how we're forgiven of our sins. You need to be ready to share. Number two, pray. Don't underestimate the power of praying for the people in your life that are lost. When I, I started this many years ago, I, I had a prayer list that I put on my nightstand and would pray. And so all through high school, I had friends who didn't know Christ, or at least they were living like they didn't know Christ. And, um, and so I had this list of names, and I just prayed for them every night and some other things before bed. And over the years, I got to mark different names off that list as I saw them turn their life to Christ. One friend I prayed for for five or six years before she changed and gave her life to, to the Lord. And, and so uh, pray, pray for them. And then pray for them, pray with them. If someone in your life who doesn't know God tells you about a struggle that they have, don't be afraid to say, can I pray with you? And this is something I have experienced people who are against, even opposed to God in a struggle, in a heartbreak. If someone will, not, will go beyond just saying, I'm so sorry, they'll go, can I pray with you? They are open. I mean, you saw it in the video. These people were rejecting God. And as soon as they got a problem that was too big for them, okay, we need, maybe you can do something. And so I wanna encourage you to pray. And here we go again. I talk to many Christians and I say, would you, would you like to pray for this? Oh, I can't pray for people. Okay, listen, you need to learn how to pray. If you cannot pray for someone, you need to learn. And it's okay that you can't right now, 
but not for much longer, because now I'm telling you, <laughs> now you know it's not okay to stay that way. So there's ways you can do this. Talk to somebody in your life who you believe is a good person that, that prays and ask them, can you help me learn? Can you help me practice? If you, when you go to a small group, tell your small group leader, I, I wanna learn, I wanna pray for somebody at the end of our meeting, uh, and I want you to help me learn how to do this. And you need to learn how to pray for people. And, and so we have to be able to do that. Next, super easy, invite them to church. Invite people to church. This is a very special place where people will encounter God's presence, encounter him, and, and many get saved in an environment like this. And we just often don't even think about inviting people. And there are people in your life that would say yes if you would just ask. And, and we, we have all the reasons that we don't, but we need to learn to invite people. And I was just thinking about how often we miss opportunities. You're talking to a co colleague at work, and they say, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, well, tomorrow I'm gonna go fishing. And you know, Sunday, I'm just gonna, it's gonna be restful and relax. You're doing something else on Sunday. Why didn't you tell them? Oh, it's kind of awkward. Missed opportunity. I mean, we, it, there's these times when we could just say, oh yeah, I'm going to my church this Sunday. You, you wanna come with me? Maybe they'll never ask you what you're doing on the weekend again. I don't know, but you, you took the opportunity. And it, but it's amazing how often people will say yes. In fact, Easter is just, I don't know, five or six weeks away. And uh, many, many people will say yes on that week, even more so than normal. And so don't miss that chance. You should ask people that you know, hey, do you have somewhere to go to church on Easter? That's not an unusual question. Just ask them. And if they say no, say, well, you should come to my church. And one more tip, okay? Tell them, hey, we have, if they say yes, we have two services, one's at nine and one's at 1030. If you'll tell me which one you're going to, I'll go to that one. Well, that's inconvenient. You know, I got plans for that. Really? Their salvation is inconvenient. You know, it's like, it's like, go out of your way. This is somebody you're reaching and you're gonna go to whatever service they're gonna go to. You're gonna sit with them. You're gonna show them how you love the Lord and how you worship and how you participate in the service. And they're gonna see something in you that they're gonna want in God. So let's be willing to invite. And then the final thing, um, make Grace Church a place where people connect. I talked about this a little earlier, that when somebody comes in, we don't have a lot of time left. We don't have a lot of opportunity to, um, some people, they're gonna come one time. And if nobody makes them feel welcome, that's, they're done. And so what I want us to be, I want, let me just share the dream with you if I can. And someone can come up to the instruments. Uh, the dream is this, that Somebody comes, it's their first time, okay? And they, they've had a bad church experience or they've never been in church or you know they're heartbroken, there's something going on in their life. I don't know what brought them here, but they come into these doors and before they even get to the auditorium, somebody's welcomed them, asked them about themselves, made them feel important, made them feel welcome. When they come and they sit down, somebody comes over and says, hey, can we sit with y'all? Is this your first time? Oh, what brought you here? Tell me, you know, and they talk to them and they're friendly, okay? And then there's somebody there that helps them feel welcome. They, they experience the service. And I don't know what that experience, I hope it's good, okay? Some people are gonna be like, I didn't like that young guy. I'm gonna come back for the real guy or whatever, you know? And, and there's an experience that they're gonna have. And, um, and then... They're gonna get up and they're gonna go out and someone's gonna say, someone else is gonna meet him and talk to him and say, hey, I'm so glad. Hey, if you wanna get connected here, I'd love to help you. Uh, if you. If you keep coming, maybe we can go out to eat after a service sometime and I can show you about my small group and, and give them an invite to stay and an invite to, to have relationship. Now, um, if every person in our church started to do that, it would radically change things. I mean, if just a few of you did it, 
it would be incredible. Some of you could fill up whole rows with people that you impacted in just a year or so. This building would not contain us in a couple of years. if Because I could tell you, we have guests that come every week. And, you know, there are people that you can reach that I can't reach. We're just too far apart in lifestyle and, and you know, season of life. And, and that's why you have to do it. And so you need to look and you see, take responsibility. It's, it's your job. It's my job, it's your job, it's our job as a church that we need to make this place the, the, the best place that you could be on a Sunday morning, the most friendly. And I, I, I know this from experience. Um, people typically make a decision to keep coming based on the relationships, not what happens up here. And um, this has happened many times in our youth department, okay? Somebody comes and uh, fr- people are friendly. And so they just, I'll come back. I'll come back. And often it's weeks later, the Lord will pierce their heart in a service and I'll see them come down and give their life to Christ. I've seen it over and over again, but it started with people who saw it as important to befriend them, make them feel welcome and, and give them a reason to keep coming. And so I wanna challenge you to do that. So there's an emergency and we gotta do something. And so today, as we end our service, meaning plenty early, the altar time it's not a purse packing time. It's not a plan your next thing. It's a time to let God take what's in our heads and move it to our hearts. So I have a couple of things I wanna ask you to do. Number one, if you have a friend or a family member who comes to mind when I say is lost, I want you to take a moment and pray for them in this service. We're gonna sing, but during that time, I wanna ask you to pray for them. Yes, you can pray for them at home, but I want you to do it today, right now. Let's not wait. And begin. just pray that God will begin to do something in their heart to receive him. If, if the person next to you or you're with your family and y'all know them together, I would encourage you to turn to them when, in just a moment when we stand and say, hey, let's pray for this person. And together, the two of you or three of you, pray together for that person and this time. Number two, I wanna ask you as we're singing to ask God to change your heart and put a burden in your heart. We pass people every day and it doesn't affect us. I want it to affect us like we're seeing somebody drowning and the Lord can change our heart. So this is what I ask you to do. Say, Lord, give me a burden for the lost. And he will call each of us to different people, different areas, different things. Let's ask him for that. And then I thought of one more group of us, a couple Some of you came in today and you have an emergency, okay? One, you may be far from God. And I want you to know this, if you are far from God, you haven't been living for him, you feel distant for him, your sin is in your face, okay? I want you to know this, when God looks down at this world, he goes, there's an emergency and I'm taking responsibility for it. And he sent his son Jesus to pay for your sin. It says, as God demonstrates his own love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And where you're at in your situation, Christ loves you and he died for us. And if you are far from God, there is gonna be people down here in just a moment to pray. And I wanna encourage you to step out and tell them, I wanna give my life to Christ. I wanna recommit my life to Christ, wherever you are in that journey and let somebody pray with you. And then one final thing, not every emergency in our life is salvation or not. You may have come in with a burden, with an anxiety, with a struggle that is in your heart right now. Your family's struggling with something. There's a big thing in your life. Okay, God 
sees the event. He knows the struggle is important for you and he will take responsibility to help you, okay? And so this is why he says, cast all your anxiety, your cares, your problems, your burdens on him because he cares for you. And if you will come, I wanna ask you to let somebody pray with you and we're gonna believe that those burdens and those anxieties are gonna come off. He will help in that moment. So I'm gonna pray. We're gonna stand and sing. I wanna encourage you to pray for some people, ask God to do a work in you. And if you need prayer for anything in your life, there'll be people down here to, to pray with you. So let's, we're gonna take a few minutes to seek the Lord. Father God, I thank you that you care for us. You gave your son for us. Lord, I pray that we would have a burden in our hearts to reach this world, to reach our friends, to reach those around us. And Lord, I pray for anyone that came in with a struggle, with a difficulty today, Lord, that you would minister to them during this time. In Jesus' name, amen.